0: To Discover Health, where we help you take control of your health so you can transform your life. Your host, functional medicine expert, Dr. Trish Murray, is on a mission to help every baby boomer age with dignity and grace. Oh, to environmental toxins in your health. Welcome, everyone. Thank you all for joining me today. Here at Discover Health Functional Medicine Center, helping others achieve better health is a passion of mine. I'm Dr. Trish Murray, physician, best selling author, and the health catalyst speaker. So, first, let's clarify what we mean by environment. When discussing environmental toxins, the term environment refers to anything in our surroundings outside of our body. While environmental issues often refer to nature, that is just one aspect to consider when discussing environmental toxins. It's important for all of us to consider the impact the external environment can have on our internal bodies. You may be very surprised to learn that environmental toxins are much more widespread than pollution and pesticides. In fact, we unwittingly come into contact with dangerous chemicals through cosmetics or food additives or even food containers and storage containers on a daily basis. Because the constant exposure to environmental toxins, more and more people are suffering from chronic diseases. These illnesses leave people in a nearly continuous state of either exhaustion, mental brain fog and fogginess, anxiety, physical pain, and many other symptoms. In a journal entitled Chemical Industry Archives, when I looked up some facts and some figures, check out some of these statistics. There are more than 7 million recognized chemicals that are in existence. And approximately 80,000 are in common daily use worldwide. The Environmental Protection Agency reviews between 2,000 and 2,500 new chemicals through the pre-manufacture notification process each and every year, which actually calculates to between 40 and 50 new chemicals each week. eight out of 10 applications for these new chemicals are approved, folks, within three weeks. And many times that's either with or without any test data to show that those chemicals are safe. So how are, how are toxins impact, impacting our health? We're all taught from a young age that toxic chemicals are harmful. What you may not understand is how do they impact our health? So first, let's talk about what's called the endocrine system. The endocrine system is a collection of glands that produce the hormones that regulate our metabolism. They also regulate growth and development. They regulate how our tissues function. They regulate our sexual function, our reproduction, our sleep, our mood, and many other things. One class of toxins can be described as endocrine disruptors. According to the Environmental Working Group, which I'll be talking about a lot during this presentation, it's a very wonderful organization that is out there for public safety. So according to the Environmental Working Group, which is a nonprofit public safety organization, quote, there is no end to the tricks that endocrine disruptors can play on our bodies, unquote. Some dangers of endocrine disruptors include they can increase or decrease the production of certain hormones. They also can imitate hormones and act like a hormone. Endocrine disruptors can also turn one hormone into another hormone. They can interfere with hormone signaling. They can signal for cells to die prematurely. They can compete with essential nutrients. Endocrine disruptors can also bind to other essential hormones and they can accumulate in our organs that produce or the glands that produce hormones. Now the list of diseases caused by endocrine disruptors is continually growing. But some of the primary ones that endocrine disruptors have been linked to are attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, particularly, I mean, whether you it's a child or an adult. Neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease, also diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obesity, early puberty, reproductive disorders like infertility, and childhood and adult cancers. From cancerous tumors to congenital disabilities and other developmental disorders, endocrine disrupting toxins can impact any system in the body controlled by hormones knowing that hormones are responsible for all major aspects of health, from sleep to metabolism to reproduction, it is crucial to limit your exposure to endocrine-disrupting toxins. So let's take a look at some common toxins and how to reduce your exposure. So toxin number one, BPA. The first toxin, BPA, is called bisphenol A. Bisphenol A, or BPA, is an industrial chemical that has been used to make certain plastics and resins since the 1960s. For example, polycarbonate plastics contain BPA and are often used in containers that store canned foods and beverages, such as water bottles. BPA is a synthetic hormone that imitates estrogen in the body. Therefore, it can interfere with reproduction and increases estrogen load and may put a person at increased risk of certain cancers. The Environmental Working Group has reported that, quote, BPA has been linked to everything from breast and other cancers to reproductive problems, obesity, early puberty, heart disease, and according to government tests, 93% of Americans have BPA stored in their bodies. Now, according to the Centers for Disease Control, people are commonly exposed to low levels of BPA when they consume food or water that has been stored in containers made with the chemical BPA. Now, another place you can be exposed to BPA is from the ink used in a printed receipt from a store or a restaurant. So when the cashier, first of all, the cashier should be very aware of this because they're working with these, these receipts and this ink all day long on a daily basis. But also when you are in the store, take the receipt, but don't hold on to it very long. Put it away or get rid of it. Um, Put it in the purse, put it in the pocket, put it in the wallet very quickly and then try and transfer it again later without exposing yourself to that ink for a very long time as avoiding ongoing contact with that ink is very important. Now avoiding exposure to BPA can be challenging because it's so prevalent in our environment. But here are some tips that can help to minimize your exposure. Number one, look for a BPA-free label on cans in particular and other packaging. Two, avoid plastics marked with a capital PC on them and that PC stands for polycarbonate. Or if you also look at the recycling label, And if the recycling label on a product says number seven, then it's high in BPA. Number three, buy and store foods in stainless steel or glass containers and avoid plastics as much as possible. Number four, use fresh, frozen or dried products so that they're not stored in cans or plastic. Number five, avoid microwaving foods in plastic containers. That's going to make the exposure even worse. Number six, do not wash plastic containers in the dishwasher or use harsh detergents on them because again, it breaks down the structure of the plastic and will cause leaking more of the BPA chemical. And finally, choose wooden toys for your children or even for yourself instead of plastic toys. Toxin number two, phthalates. Phthalates are a group of chemicals used to make plastics more flexible and harder to break. They're commonly found in plastic food containers again, but also folks, children's toys and also makeup products. Our bodies have a signaling system to program cells to die as part of a normal, healthy life uh, life, uh, expectancy of a cell. But according to the Environmental uh, Working Group, quote, studies have shown that chemicals called phthalates can trigger what's known as death-inducing signaling, making cells die earlier than they should. Studies have also linked phthalates to hormone changes, lower sperm counts, less uh, mobile sperm, because of course sperm need to swim folks upstream to get to the egg to fertilize it. And if they can't swim and they're not mobile, then they can't get there from here. Congenital disabilities in the male reproductive system, obesity, diabetes, and thyroid irregularities. To reduce your exposure to phthalates, start right off the bat by avoiding plastic food containers. Again, try to avoid children's plastic toys. And also plastic wrap. Remember we wrap our food in plastic too, made particularly from capital P, capital V, capital C. And this type of product would have a recycling label on it with the number three. So if you purchase a plastic wrap or any plastic container that has a recycling label on it with a number three, that is high in phthalates. So it's very important to read cosmetic and personal care product labels carefully and avoid products that simply list, quote, fragrance. So if you're reading the label and you see in, you know, the word fragrance. This is a catch-all term, folks, that means there are hidden phthalates. Now, if you want to learn which products are safe, go to the Environmental Working Group's website, and the address is ewg.org. So, if you go to ewg.org forward slash skin deep, You can look up just about any cosmetic brand and see how your products rate. And this site rates products as either green, which means it's safe to utilize regularly. Go ahead and put it all over your body. It doesn't matter, it's safe. Or they'll rate it as yellow, which means use it with caution. Or they'll rate it as red. Please don't buy it anymore. Do not use it because it is toxic. toxin number three, heavy metals. Now, trace amounts of heavy metals naturally exist in our bodies. However, increased exposure can propose significant health threats. Lead and mercury are the most frequent causes of heavy, heavy metal poisoning. Lead can cause neurological, gastrointestinal, kidney and bone marrow toxicity, as well as neurodevelopmental defects. Mercury poisoning it can be marked by headaches, low back pain, weakness, fatigue, tremors, and something as bad as hallucinations. Now, pregnant women are the most at risk from the toxic effects of mercury since the metal is known to concentrate in the fetal brain and can interfere with brain development. Sources of lead include paint and gasoline, while mercury sources include dental uh, equipment as well as um, dental fillings, as well as other things in the medical field and medical equipment. Mercury sources also can come from fertilizers, pesticides and seafood. Arsenic is a completely different heavy metal that also is toxic. And here where I live in the granite state of New Hampshire, it can be found in our water supply as granite actually contains arsenic. So if you live locally in the granite state of New Hampshire or in a state where there's a lot of granite If you drink well water, it may be important for you to have the water you drink at your home tested for heavy metals. So tips for reducing heavy metal exposure, particularly lead and mercury. To reduce your exposure to lead, first and foremost, find out and know when your home was built. If your home was built before 1978, if you're not aware, the woodwork or other surfaces could possibly be, that are painted, could be painted, could have been painted with lead paint. And you should not just go scraping at it or sanding it because that's dangerous. You should call an expert if you wish to remove lead paint. Don't basically do it yourself. Now, a good water filter can also reduce your exposure to lead in any drinking water. It can also obviously reduce your exposure to mercury. Now, beware of fish. As the larger the fish and the higher it is on the food chain, the more concern for its level of mercury, because if it already has mercury stored in it, and it eats all the small or many smaller fish that ha- also have mercury in them, then it is going to have a higher amount of mercury in its body. You want to eat seafood primarily lower on the food chain, and the most optimal would be sardines because they're so small. And if you take a fish oil supplement, please be sure to purchase a brand with a very good reputation for purity. Additionally, now if you have mercury amalgams in your teeth, you know you have mercury fillings in your teeth, you should possibly get a sense and ask your dentist how many there are and ask yourself how long they've been there. Because they do break down and then they expose you to the mercury. And you can discuss with your dentist whether it would benefit you to remove them. But there's a caveat here make sure your dentist is committed to following the safe protocols for removal of any mercury fillings. You see, if they just go drill them out, you just got exposed to all of the mercury from that filling, you probably swallowed some and you inhaled some, and that is not what you want. You see, the International Academy for Oral Medicine and Toxicology, that's the I-A-O-M-T, that's an organization in the dental world that's very focused on removing mercury fillings in a safe way. And they actually have a program they call SMART, S-M-A-R-T, which stands for Safe Mercury Amalgam Removal Technique, SMART. And if you really want to find a dentist that is you know has been trained how to properly and safely remove your mercury fillings you want to google and search for a biological dentist biological dentists are dentists that have been that have gone for training special training in how to safely remove mercury fillings properly toxin number four Glycol ethers. Glycol ethers are commonly used in household cleaning products, cosmetics again, and paints. The problem with glycol ethers is that they can damage fertility, lead to congenital disabilities, and worsen allergies and asthma. To avoid glycol ethers, look for natural cleaning alternatives such as white vinegar and avoid products with ingredients such as, and these names sometimes are a little difficult, but this one is is 2-butoxyethanol and another one is, is methoxydiglycol. So again, those names are difficult, but At the end, of course, we're gonna list and and give you the resources in our Discover Health Facebook group of the talk tonight. So if you really have the interest in looking back at these names, so you can write them down and look them up more, then by all means, we'll be listing those resources. Toxin number five, radon. Now the concern about radon, folks, is you really don't know where this is because radon is an odorless, and tasteless radioactive gas that is produced from the decay of uranium, which and uranium, guys, also exists in rocks and soil, such as granite. So it's found in homes, particularly in the basement, and other areas that are in contact with the ground. You won't know whether it's in your home unless you test for it and it's definitely worth testing for if you haven't. Next to smoking, radon is the second most frequent cause of lung cancer. Now, in order to test it, test for it, I should say, the air can be tested with a relatively inexpensive kit. It's a box that you pick up at a place that would provide you with this, and you leave it in your basement for a number of days, and there's directions, And then you get it, you bring the box to a place that will read it for you and and tell you the level of radon that's been uh, absorbed by the material within this little box. Your water should also be tested for radon, especially again, folks here in the granite state, because granite contains uranium and gives off radon. Now to reduce radon exposure, one thing you can consider is sealing your floors and the walls of your basement in particular. You can increase your ventilation of your basement and your overall ventilation of your whole home. The more air get, keeps going in and out, the less the radon can uh, build up and become at high levels. You wanna, you, another thing you could consider is close the basement off from the rest of the house. And another option is have your water tested through a drinking water testing laboratory. And folks, radon actually can be removed from the water through treatment technologies such as an aeration or a granular activated carbon water filter. Discover movement will enhance your mobility, build strength, improve balance, and enable you to move with confidence and ease. To register, please visit our Discover Health online shop at members.discoverhealthfmc.com. Toxin number six, fire retardants. Now there are more than 75 types of what are called brominated flame retardants or BFRs that are used commercially from natural fiber to household furniture to plastics. They all have to be coated by law with fire retardants. Unfortunately, the problem with these products, this chemical is they many times do not stick to the materials. So once they come into your home, they start to filter into your daily environment. Shockingly, numerous studies have reported high levels of fire retardants in breast milk. Now, according to the Environmental Working Group, these incredibly persistent chemicals known as polybrominated diphenyl ethers or BPDEs have since been found to contaminate the bodies of people and wildlife around the globe Folks, even polar bears are contaminated with fire retardants. The problem is that these chemicals can imitate and disrupt thyroid hormones in the body. Common sources of fire retardants also include paint, textiles, paper, furniture, mattresses, electronics, office equipment, and carpet padding. So no wonder we're all exposed to these chemicals. So tips for reducing the brominated flame retardant exposures include number one, you can purchase furniture and mattresses made from organic materials. So those organic materials may not have to be, uh, you know, treated with these as much of the flame retardants. Number two, get rid of products that include foam made before 2005. So foam products made before 2005 have a lot more flame retardant exposure to them than ones after 2005. The third one is you can invest in a HEPA sealed vacuum cleaner, which actually traps the toxins when you use it and then doesn't just blow them all, you know, more all around your house. The fourth one here is avoid using a broom actually. The broom just stirs the dust up and accumulates the toxins into the air. The fifth one is limit the amount of red meat you consume as well as poultry. Poultry and red meat contain high levels of of these uh, fire retardant chemicals because of course the animals are highly exposed to them. Toxin number seven, organophosphates. So as you see, more pesticides now. Organophosphate is a neurotoxic compound. It's produced initially, it was, it was initially produced, folks, check this out, for chemical warfare during World War II. But now we're spraying it all over our plants and our vegetables. Because these, today, these chemicals are the main components of herbicides, pesticides, and insecticides because they target the nervous system of insects. Despite being classified as a societal health and environmental concern, agricultural use as pesticides for fruits and vegetables is still allowed. Organophosphates are also used in mosquito abatement in public spaces so during the summer in high mosquito areas and, they're, and they've got the big trucks and they're spraying the area and they're spraying the water sources, guess what it's filled with, folks? Organophosphates. Many studies have linked organophosphate exposure to adverse effects on brain development, brain behavior, and fertility. So avoiding these harmful chemicals is difficult. Your best is to buy organic produce. However, I get it that buying everything organic can be very expensive. So the Environmental Working Group, again, has published what's called a Shopper's Guide to Pesticides in Produce. And this guide can help you find the fruits and determine which fruits and vegetables that have the fewest pesticides versus those that have the most pesticide residue. And this list of of different fruits and vegetables is is typically called the dirty dozen and the clean 15. And what you wanna focus on is the fact that you should buy any of the dirty dozen vegetables and fruits organic and never buy them uh, commercially grown or industrially grown whereas the list of fruits and vegetables that are part of the list of the clean 15 you could consider buying industrially grown because they don't they are not as exposed on a regular basis to as many pesticides if you want to find this list again, go to the Environmental Group's website at ewg.org forward slash food news. And that's where they'll have that list. But if you go to their basic website, ewg.org and start looking around and searching around, you're gonna find the things I'm talking about. Toxin number eight, particle pollution. And this is the final toxin I'm gonna speak on. And again, it's called particle pollution. Now, particle pollution can range anywhere from dust, to mold, to fungus particles, to also chemical compounds from fuel, like gasoline or or oils, and from emissions from these uh, machinery. The number one source of air pollution in many cities is automobile emissions. However, the landscaping industry accounts for up to 10% of air pollution in the United States in particular. You see, gas leaf blowers have been identified as one of the worst offenders of particle pollution, depositing 30% of its raw gasoline back into the air when you use them. Countless studies have been done on the effects of particle pollution on health. Common effects include wheezing and coughing, shortness of breath and lung tissue swelling and inflammation, which can also contribute to the development of heart and lung disease, asthma attacks, and of course, ultimately lung cancer. Those that are now, the other thing is again, mold. And those that are susceptible, meaning we're not all susceptible to the biotoxins that are given off from mold. Some people are, and some people aren't. But those that are susceptible to the biotoxins put off by mold can develop a chronic inflammatory condition called chronic inflammatory response syndrome. This is a progressive multi-system multi-symptom illness characterized by the exposure to the biotoxins that are given off by mold. What happens is the ongoing inflammation throughout the body can affect virtually any and every organ system of the body. And if left untreated can become extremely debilitating. It could be a primary cause for cognitive decline as we age. So because we are surrounded by air at all times, it can be difficult to remove pollutants from our environment. Some steps you can take to reduce particle pollution include, one, get rid of the gas powered lawnmower, the gas powered leaf blower, the gas powered weed whackers, and instead get an electric one. And then you're not gonna give off the gasoline fragments in the air into the air. Number two, Take public transportation or carpool whenever possible to lessen your contribution to the environmental pollution. Number three, check your fuel burning furnaces, your hot water heaters, check your gas ranges in your home annually to make sure that their exhaust systems are working adequately. And finally, prevent mold from growing in your home by monitoring your humidity levels, especially in the basements and in your bathrooms. And if you get a water stain or water damage in your home, be sure to very severe, uh, I'm sorry, very effectively dry it out and clean it up because that's where the mold is gonna start developing and that's where the biotoxins are gonna start coming from. So the bottom line, Environmental toxins are downright dangerous. Ongoing research findings report their ability to feed cancer cells, interfere with glucose, your sugar metabolism and cholesterol metabolism, and also induce and create insulin resistance. All of these things are the underlying cause of chronic disease. Environmental toxins have also been identified as a culprit for obesity, through multiple mechanisms, including inflammation, oxidative stress, mitochondrial injury, altered thyroid metabolism, and impaired Im- impaired central appetite regulation. So they'll throw off your brain's ability to know when you are full. And it's crucial to know your level of risk when it comes to environmental toxin exposure. So now what can you do to try and help your body detoxify? The best way you can protect your health from environmental toxins is to take the following steps and precautions. Number one, maximize your phytonutrient intake by eating whole real foods, especially cruciferous veggies like broccoli, bok choy, kale, and Brussels sprouts. Eat your vegetables. Also, foods high in antioxidants like, again, dark green leafy veggies, also berries, as well as garlic and onions can help your body detoxify. Number two, Guys, if you haven't taken anything away from this webinar, make sure you avoid plastics at all costs in your daily life. This can be tricky as we become a society heavily reliant on plastics. But instead, buy and use stainless steel water bottles and glass containers for storing leftover food. Instead of buying water and plastic bottles, install a filter in your home. Number three, use clean and safe products to clean your home. So detox your home with natural, simple products, such as white vinegar. But also you could try making your own cleaning and body care products. So here's an example of a list of items, or or this is a list off the ingredients for a homemade all-purpose cleaner to try. And we'll also list this again in our Discover Health Facebook group. But here's the list. For a homemade all-purpose cleaner, take three quarters of a cup of hydrogen peroxide. Take a half a cup of, again, distilled white vinegar. Put one teaspoon of unscented liquid Castile soap. Not soup, soap. (laughs) Castile soap, drop to put 10 drops of tea tree oil, 20 drops of lavender essential oil into the mix, and of course add some water to dilute it all, so two cups of water. If you put all that into a container, and like one of a, a spray bottle or something, then you can use that as a cleaner around your, your countertops and your bathroom and so on. Another way to help you is number four, exercise or hit the sauna guys. The more you sweat, the more toxins you can remove from your body. Number five and the final one, take high quality supplements to support your detoxification system. Particularly, I would list off as some of the top supplements to to help with your detox system is multivitamins or vitamins particularly containing zinc, vitamin C, and the vitamin B complex. All the B vitamins are extremely important in your detoxification system. And as folks, as you know, if you've been coming to these webinars along the way, I after each and every one of these uh, webinars, I will post the references that I used to put the talk together uh, in my Discover Health Facebook group tomorrow. We will list the references and the links for you. So if you are interested in doing further research and are interested in these resources, but you are not already a member of our Discover Health Facebook group, then simply go to Facebook, if you're someone that goes to Facebook, and go to our Discover Health Functional Medicine Center Facebook page, and then there's a link there to simply ask to join our closed Discover Health Facebook group. This is a closed group, but everyone's welcome. You just have to request to join, and once you're in there, you can ask questions. You can communicate with other members. Our health coach, Coach Trish, does a weekly Coach's Corner, And we always post a lot of educational material there, such as these lists of resources after every single webinar. So tomorrow that list will be there for you. So thank you all for joining us today. The knowledge of environmental toxins can be overwhelming and we're sure you have questions. So again, if you've been posting them along the way, or if you haven't posted one yet, but there's one on your mind, go ahead and post it in the chat box, or in just a moment, I'm gonna stop talking obviously, and stop sharing the slides and I'll come back on with my video and answer any questions I can. Also after this event, if you think of a question later, you can always post a question in our Discover Health Facebook group. And of course, also, today's discussion has hit some of the highlights of environmental toxins, but by no means is a full list of everything you could be exposed to. If you'd like to learn more about environmental toxins or you're concerned about your toxic exposure and whether you might be someone who needs help with the ability to detoxify or work with a mold exposure, we can be reached at discoverhealthcoaching at gmail.com. Or folks, if you didn't already know it, on our website, discoverhealthfmc.com, there is a way right off the bat, you'll see at the very beginning of the homepage of the website, you can click a link to schedule a 30-minute free introductory consult with myself or health coach Trish uh, on either Wednesday afternoons or Thursday mornings. So I hope folks have enjoyed this. And uh, at this time, I'm going to stop sharing the video or the slides, I should say. And I'm going to come back on with my video. And at this time, I'll take a look in the chat. One person said, yep, talks about they're glad that I talked about fragrance. Uh, And it looks like they might even be giving us some products. Uh, Even supposedly dermatologists recommended for over 65 years, companies like, and they mention a particular product, can have fragrance in their ingredient list, which may then have phthalates folks. And actually meant to be honest, you need to read the ingredients of any dermatology recommended product because it doesn't necessarily mean there aren't uh, phthalates or other toxic chemicals within those products. It doesn't mean it's absolutely safe. They're given some other suggestions here, which is awesome. Folks can read this in the chat. He's asking about uh, thoughts on the idea so I want to believe when they say scented verse versus fragrance ingredients is healthier for our bodies I'm not you know I'm not really familiar of the term scented honestly um, in the list of ingredients but the bottom line is if you buy things that are organic if you buy things that Typically, if there are phthalates, they need to be somewhat listed. But again, we've said that term fragrance might try and hide them. Um, So I don't know that I can definitively say that if the word scented is there, that isn't similar to the word fragrance. Uh, We may have to look into that a little more uh, to be clear and to be sure. I'm honestly not able to answer that definitively. But that's something that if people look at that, that's something we'll get back to folks on in the Discover Health Facebook group, because we'll definitely look it up. Uh, and get back to folks on that one. Any other questions? Kat says, thanks for all the helpful suggestions, specific info, I'm glad you enjoyed it. If anyone has any other questions, by, sure, by all means, I'll wait another moment to put them in the chat or even if you don't want to type it all out in the chat, you just want to unmute yourself and ask a question or make a comment um, that you're more than welcome to do that as well. You're welcome. So it looks like most people just are happy with what you heard. I hope we've given you some information and some tips to think about and some tips to help keep you safe. Um, so if that's about it for tonight, signing off from Conway, New Hampshire, Dr. Trish Murray. And I'll see everybody next month. Uh, and next month, we're gonna be talking about, uh, you know, staying on the topic of toxins And how to safely do things we're going to talk particularly about cleaners and detergents and things like that so products so we'll talk more so don't miss it folks take care everybody thanks for listening to learn more about the episode and the discover health functional medicine center visit us on our website, discoverhealthfmc.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us again next time so you can truly live in play as long as you want.